Welcome to the show. We're just a couple of friends inside a refrigerator. Friends in the fridge. Fridge Friends Podcast. And welcome to the Fridge Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Martin. As you can see, no friends. No friends on this podcast. Just me, Jake Martin. I thought it'd be nice to get to know you guys a little better. Let you get to know me. I'm very happy for everyone who's listened to this show. For all my audiences, audiences, for all my audience members, and for everybody who's helped me out with the production quality of this, all the people who've been on the show since the beginning. We had uh, Ryan Burham on the show, Ryan Beasy, big shout out. He's on a couple episodes. He started out co-hosting the show with me. Uh, we didn't have the exact same ideas for what this show was to become but I appreciate all the help that he provided for me on the show and just being a part of the show and in general and and for Nate Ford Tanya Cope for Greg Hart and Christopher Chavez producers of the Welcome to the Oasis Music Festival for Caden McKnight for Jack Wheeler and Ian Yearsley uh all the guests that have been on this show so far, we wouldn't have the show that we have if it wasn't for all the support I've been getting. It'd be this every time. It'd be me just by myself in my fridge talking to you about whatever. Like you know, if it's just me, I might uh, have a little sip of the the old almond milk and get a little too off the rails you know i like i like having somebody to bounce ideas off of and and somebody to talk to about their experiences in life you know i'm a comedian uh out of idaho that's why i'm rocking the idaho hat today uh my sister got that for me shout out to her katrina love you i got three sisters and a stepsister Consider them all my sisters, in case you guys didn't know. I also got two brothers. One of them's a stepbrother. I got another brother who passed away. I got three kids. Beautiful wife. And I built a life for myself around the idea that everyone deserves love. And that's what I wanted to build this podcast around, is sharing my love with everybody. And podcasting and comedy kind of go hand in hand. I started doing comedy less than a year ago. Uh, did my first stand-up set on 9-11. 
I figured uh, if I'm going to bomb, might as well be on that day. Because it's not going to be the worst bombing that ever happened on that day. Eh, never forget, right? So I'll always remember the first day I did stand-up. Let's start with what inspired me to do stand-up in the first place. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Kill Tony. And I'd like to say that show inspired me to do stand-up. You know, not just seeing people bomb on that show and do bad. Uh, it's I didn't realize, even as a big fan of comedy, that open micing was a route you could take to getting your voice heard and, and being able to uh, hone your craft and become a better performer. I didn't realize from seeing countless specials that all of those guys started out in bars and breweries I, I always thought that there was another aspect to it you know that you had to get a deal or an in or be on a show or something uh, in order to make it work and that was naive of me but I figured it out and I decided that before I turned 30 I was going to try stand-up comedy and I wanted to do it on uh, Kill Tony I still haven't done Kill Tony but I'm coming for you guys. I'll be there. Uh, it's just something I'm a big fan of. Since then, though, I've changed my goals in comedy a lot. And I think with anything that you're passionate about, you're going to grow and change and, and get inspired to do different things. That's what inspired me to do this podcast. I'm a big fan of podcasts. And I thought, what better way to get my voice heard and learn more about other comedians and other people in the entertainment industry than to start my own show and build this studio inside a refrigerator and invite people over to chill. I thought it'd be pretty cool. Uh, I have a lot of people who've inspired me in comedy and uh, I think that the reason I do comedy the reason I started doing stand-up comedy is because I feel like I have something to add to it. As a big fan of comedy, if you're doing stand-up comedy and you're listening to this and you don't feel like you have something to add to comedy, ask yourself what you're going to add to the art form. And maybe it'll help you come up with some creative ideas. Or maybe uh, it'll help you pick a different route. I don't know. Personally, I haven't found my voice in comedy. I don't intend to within the next couple of years. I, I think you got to do hours and hours and shows and shows. And I've tried really hard and been ambitious in my goals to do at least three sets a week. Uh, which people listen to this in a bigger city might think that, you know, hey, I did three sets last Wednesday and I skipped two of the places I could have gone to. But in Idaho, you know, three sets a week means every other day uh, you're going to a mic. The most sets that you can do in a week unless you're getting booked on shows is probably five, I think, right now. And that's thanks to, to Blue City Comedy. Uh, the Lounge at the End of the Universe, and Watson's. They're all here in Boise supporting 
local comics and uh, up and coming performers, giving them stage time, helping them hone their craft, giving them advice, and uh, really bringing comedy to to Boise. I feel like with any art form or anything that you're a fan of, if you don't feel like you're bringing something to the table, then you should just be watching. You know, I mean, I I'm a I'm a big fan of skateboarding. I like to skateboard as a hobby, but I'm not going to try out for any competitions because I know my place there, you know. Podcasting, stand up. It comes from something. It comes from life experience and from a certain way of looking at things where you find the funny in the horrible and you find the funny in the the sad and you find the funny in any situation because to me nothing is better than being able to put a smile on someone's face when they're having the worst day of their life you know what better time to smile it's it's easy to make someone smile who is already smiling you know, you could make their smile a little wider or you could just keep piggybacking on the smile. If somebody's going through a tough time and you're able to connect with them and offer them a lighthearted perspective or a new twist on a terrible thing that they went through, I find that to be very healing. And that's something that I don't know if a lot of people recognize about comedy, but definitely for comedians, it's... uh. It's a healing process, and I've, I've learned that since I started doing stand-up, is that the more I'm able to figure out ways to express my story and, and tell of the experiences of my life and relate them to the art of stand-up, if I can get a couple people in the audience to laugh at something that before they never wanted to talk about because... It was a hard part in their life or something that they saw that they didn't want to admit to anyone else that they saw. Then I feel like I'm doing a service to that person. I'm opening up a pathway in their life that they had shut down. You know, and when you shut down parts of your brain and memories that you have, it, it narrows and narrows and narrows your view down until you live life in one small tunnel and I think that a lot of people need something to express themselves and I'm so happy and grateful that I found stand up to express myself but you can you can get that on the other end of it as well I've I've listened to countless comedians that helped me realize that I wasn't the only one going through something or that I wasn't the only one who saw something a certain way and that the world's a little funnier than everyone lets on to be you just have to find that spark in it and you know some of the people that inspired me in comedy were Chris Rock Christopher Titus Jerry Seinfeld I mean George Carlin Eddie Murphy Sarah Silverman Jimmy Carr Rodney Dangerfield, I could just, I could go on and on and on about the people who have told their story 
in a way that affected my life. I'd like to say help me to be a better person, help me to cope with things better and understand things better and walk a little taller when I know that I'm not the only one who ever pretended that they didn't live at their house, you know. I always felt a certain level of shame in, in aspects of my childhood that I couldn't uh, express with the kids around me. And then I'd get to see these stand-up comedians who came from less than perfect childhoods. And they'd express it with a smile on their face and laughter in their belly. And the whole crowd's laughing. The whole crowd is telling them, It's okay, Theo. You could wear two t-shirts in the wintertime, bud. That's all right. If you ain't got a coat, it's okay. Just do it. And uh, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of stand-up to me, is that everyone can do it their own way. And it's so uniquely them. It's so original to each person. And each person's struggle that they've been through. Not everyone has to have been through hard times or or tough things or had a a tough childhood to be a good comedian. I I couldn't imagine uh, a specific type of person being the only comedian out there, you know. My favorite comedians come from all different walks of life. What it takes, I think, is an ability to express the things that you've been through, good and bad, in a way unique to the world. You know, and you look at something and instead of seeing it for just the face value, you're able to bring a little smile to it and sometimes I feel like I write and I listen to my sets and I I rearrange my stuff and I write new stuff and I go to all these mics and I'm trying to figure out how to find the funny and sometimes the same thing's funny to one group that isn't funny to another group and you try to find where paradoxically those two ends meet it's frustrating and disheartening uh, process but when you're able to find those golden little tidbits that no matter how hard the crowd is or how distracted they are or how funny the person before you was or how terribly unfunny the person before you was or you know, how exciting the football game going on behind you is. You find those little tidbits that bring everyone in to share a smile together regardless of the situation. And that makes it worth all these hours, you know. It makes it worth all those times standing up on stage for 10 minutes and you got maybe a minute of laughs, if that. I've also been noticing as I've been doing stand-up comedy, you got to find a balance in yourself where it's easy 
to get attracted to a big reaction from the audience and big audience shows and and this routine that you hammer out that you know will react the same way every time but the more you do that the more you confine yourself and limit yourself to performing what you think only works for that now if you if you go to smaller mics and smaller audiences or or maybe different venues that have different uh things going on games going on you got different pa systems you got maybe you know a place that serves real good food or or generally is the meeting spot for conversation or you know colleges or anywhere that isn't necessarily a sit watch comedy situation then it really hones your craft that's really where you find those tidbits that can bring everyone in no matter what you know and I'd like to think I got a couple of those a couple and like I said I've been doing this since September and everyone everyone works at their own pace I personally obsess over things when I'm passionate about them uh, it's been less than a year for me doing comedy and I have done at least one book show every month. It's been my goal since I started comedy. And the local comedy scene has been open to helping me and other comedians out with getting shows. But if you want uh, a show every month when you're just starting out, you're going to have to do quite a bit of self-promotion and, and do a lot of that work for yourself, I realize. And then coming right out of the pandemic, there's shows that get canceled and, and you don't you don't always know that everything's going to work out. You can't always afford everything to work out. I mean, I was supposed to do some different out-of-town stuff that is farther away and I just can't afford to, to fly out there. You know, honestly, if... if the gig doesn't pay more than the plane ticket and I gotta have that time away from my work and family and kids and at this point in the game it just isn't in the cards you know and you gotta find that balance and I've been working towards new material try it on stage rewrite it listen to the recordings go over it and then once I get those tidbits that I think work the best, I've been trying to stow them away. Because I noticed for a while, I was getting stuck in, bring out the best every time, bring out the best every time. And you get the most laughs from that. But if your best is only four minutes, then how are you going to get the fifth minute? How are you going to get the tenth minute? How are you going to get to headline? You know? And as I started doing that, I feel like I expanded my material a lot. And I also, in true comedian fashion, I say yes to everything. And I early on took some shows that I didn't have enough material for. Uh, luckily, through my motivation and my own ambition, I was able to ride a lot of stuff and go to open mics every single night and practice and practice and practice and 
get enough material to where I didn't let down the people that booked me, but it probably wasn't necessarily the best material. Only a few months into it, you know. I know some of it I don't even do now because I feel like in the short amount of time that I've done comedy, I've grown a lot. I can't I can't wait to see where I'll be at this time next year, you know. This is already the seventh or eighth episode of my podcast. I've done comedy in two states. I've done over a hundred open mics and eight months ago I wasn't sure if I had what it took to do one minute of comedy for a show like Kill Tony. I've had a lot of downs in comedy. A whole lot of downs. But you gotta just keep picking it back up. Like I'm 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 about to go out of town on a long road trip. Uh the second time I went all the way to Medford, Oregon for a show that uh the first time was cancelled and this time it might get cancelled again, it sounds like. But I immediately started making some arrangements to make comedy work on the trip, regardless of whether or not this one show that this one booker hasn't made work out uh, works or not, and just keep plugging along with it, because I feel like everyone gets opportunities. Sorry about that, everybody. Some technical difficulties. It's been the story of this podcast since the beginning. Just technical difficulty after technical difficulty. I need a new computer. That's uh, the root of it. But also, me just figuring this thing out on my own, that's probably another root of it. You need help to figure stuff out. Luckily, I've got some good friends to help me out. Shout out uh, Chris Adams over at uh, Toasted Marshmallows Adventures Podcast. Guy's a champion. He, I've been on uh, their podcast a couple times. He's a nice guy. If you haven't listened to their show, check it out. Toasted Marshmallows Adventure Podcast. And also, Chris Adams deserves an extra thank you because he's listened to this show every episode and has given me tips, pointers, uh, techniques along the way to help me uh, start up my own podcast and I couldn't be more thankful for that uh, now that we're back into it though uh, the technical difficulties kind of suck but there is a big upside to it now you get kind of this cool podcast where the first half was right before I went on this big trip second half is uh, after the trip I'm back baby yep made it back and just like where that other podcast cut off, that show did get canceled. So I'm over too with Slap Happy Comedy in Medford, Oregon. Didn't work out, but I still had an amazing trip. And like I was saying, I, I was able to do some comedy. Uh, that worked out. Uh, I got to do some, some awesome rooms. And I met Katie Ipok, who I'm friends with on, on Facebook. I've I've been following what she's doing out there in Bend, Oregon. And if you haven't checked her out, Apocalyptic Productions. Uh, she's really doing a big thing for the, the Bend comedy scene out there in Oregon. And I was able to do a, 
a few minutes at a at a show there at Craft Kitchen, meet some of their local comics, and my set went well. Audience liked it. I loved the view, loved the venue, loved the people, and of course the host Katie Ipock, who puts on shows there in Bend. She was uh, a delight to meet in person. So I'm glad that uh, there were some ups on the comedy end of the trip. There was a lot of ups as far as uh, getting some time to spend with my family and uh, seeing some beautiful sights. Uh, really majestic experience getting to see the redwoods and uh, driving up the 101 uh, coastal highway from California through the Oregon coast. I got to visit some family and I was able to, uh, help some family out with some things that, uh, they were needing help out with. And that always, uh, always makes you feel good. Makes you feel more accomplished than if you accomplish something that's just for you. Whenever you're able to help someone else out, gives you that extra sense of accomplishment. Uh, what I wanted to get into, aside from just my starts in comedy and, and what inspired me to the show and stuff, is kind of where I want to go with all of this and what my plans are for the future. I don't, I'm not really the type of guy who does a, a five-year plan, ten-year plan, schedules everything out and does things by the book. You know, one year ago, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do a minute of live comedy for the old Kill Tony show and wanted to practice up to see if maybe I could conquer that ambition. And shortly after beginning stand-up comedy, I realized that it was going to change the course of my life. I, I wanted to devote a lot of time and effort into honing the craft and becoming good at something that I've loved all my life and see it from the the other end, you know. Uh, my goals for, for the future are just to be able to become a better comedian, one that uh, is confident in uh, having headlining sets that don't have any filler in between it. You know, I've been working on writing jokes and trying out material and doing shows and doing different lengths of sets and hosting and doing five minutes and 10 minutes and 15 minutes and uh, breaking down sets to experiment with what works differently in, in different areas as far as uh, jokes, openers, closers and subject matter and premises and I'd really like to get to a point where I have hours of material that I've honed into a solid half hour, a solid 45, and a solid hour. So my next goal is to uh, accomplish that by the, the end of the year is have a solid hour of material. Now I got an hour of jokes right now. That's not what I mean. Uh, I've done over an hour of different material on stage. What I mean is an hour of polished, worked out material that will keep the room going, keep the room interested, and something that's worthy of uh, 
taken around to different states. You know, I got a really good feeling when I went on that trip, and anytime I've done comedy out of state and you go to a local scene and you do fairly well and and uh, you get a big reaction from the crowd and people are coming up to you after the show and telling you that they think they're funny and the other comedians are uh, asking for advice and telling you their favorite parts of, of bits that you came up with and stuff and everyone's got that real excited energy uh i've experienced that energy from from meeting out-of-town comedians coming to the mics here in boise and i've also experienced that energy from from meeting uh people that i look up to and and personal heroes of mine that that energy rubs off on you when somebody brings something different something new a new flavor to the area and I want for my next year to be able to bring a whole headlining set anywhere I go that's going to bring the energy up and get everybody excited about what I brought to wherever I'm going whether it's a little bar in the, the middle of the woods or if it's uh, a big venue who knows you know what whatever comedy takes me willing to go i've got a i've got plans i've got some things i'm putting together to branch this out outside of the podcast uh i've got plans to branch out my my comedy even further than i've been able to do here in boise but i feel like i got a good thing going here in boise i uh do the do the mics every chance I get and uh, I have been able to get good traction from that get booked at all the local venues that uh, I've really that I've I've set my heart on getting booked at it always seems to work out that I'll get booked there there's a few more shows that recently I've made a goal of mine to to get booked on and hopefully by the end of the summer, I, I see some progress in that direction. Uh, at the end of the summer, I have a big, big, exciting show coming up that I've booked some other comedians to do with me. I've already got it all lined up where we're going to be a part of the Welcome to the Oasis Music Festival in September just outside of Boise, between Boise and Mountain Home. It's a huge 3D, three-day EDM music event. They got all types of performances, and uh, they've got two stages. I'll be on the variety stage where they have a lot of hip-hop artists. They got flow performers. They got all different stuff going on all weekend, and uh, I've booked out a block of time there where uh, me and some other local comics here in Boise are going to be able to to do our own little unique show out at that, which is going to be a blast. That's going to be badass. Uh, music festival environment is that high energy feeling that I love, and I think it'll be amazing to do comedy in that atmosphere. I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to uh, to see where this podcast is by then i mean this is episode eight like i said we've had the technical difficulties but other than uh other than me needing to invest some more money some more equipment and learn some more things about how to 
run all this audio engineering stuff. Uh, the show itself has been going great. Thanks to all the people willing to be guests on the show and really a big, uh, a big thank you to all the fans of this show because I've heard from people about this that, uh, haven't gave me any type of feedback on any other avenue that I've pursued as far as my digital content creating, my stand-up comedy, my, uh, online videos. No, nothing has, uh has stirred the nest as much as uh, doing this podcast, and that's exactly what I was hoping for. That's that's a thank you to everyone who's listened to this, because when you hear it and you like what you're hearing and you tell somebody else, oh, hey, I heard this uh, on Fridge Friends, and they go, oh, what's Fridge Friends? That word of mouth is the biggest thing. I mean, I can, I can advertise and promote this thing uh, as much as I want, but the listener's got to enjoy it, and... Even with all the technical difficulties, the overall consensus has been that people are enjoying this show and they're excited for it, and that keeps me excited for it and motivates me to get more people on the show, get uh, all these technical difficulties worked out once and for all, and uh, start sending you guys some live streams. That's, uh, That's the goal that by the end of the summer, I'll be doing weekly live streams as well as the podcast. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys making it to the, the end of this solo episode. I don't know if you've ever spoken to a microphone by yourself in an empty room for uh, extended periods of time, but i got to tell you, it's more awkward than being uh, the only one not listening to headphones at the silent disco. You know what I mean? Everyone's just kind of just shoes and bobbing, shoes and bobbing. Can't hear the song. You don't know the moves. Plus, everyone's looking at you like, who's the weirdo without the headphones? It's opposite, though, because it's the weirdo with the microphone just projecting his voice out into an empty room that eventually will be heard by all the friends of the French Friends podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for being a part of the show. If you want to be on the show, or if you got any questions that you want me to answer on the show, email me at fridgefriendspodcast at gmail.com. If you got any tips or things you want to imp- see improved on the show, feel free to email me. I'm a nice guy. Uh, if you want to see me do live comedy, I've got a couple shows coming up. Uh, check my link tree or my Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, all that. Uh, Jake Martin Comedy on Instagram. Jake Martin Jokes on Twitter. Jake Martin on Facebook. Got Fridge Friends on TikTok. Two Away Jake on TikTok. I got some shows coming up. Shows coming up. Like I said, it's my goal to be booked on at least one show every month. That's my goal right now. It might not seem like a lot to some people. 
and to others it might seem like a lot <coughs> to me that's what I'm trying to do right now and thanks to Nate Ford this month in Boise well just kidding in Nampa still the Treasure Valley you can catch me at the Crescent Brewery on the 24th yeah June 24th I'll be hosting Crescent Brewery go on out to Nampa check that out it'll be a blast and then next month July 16th I will be at the Brunch of Laughs shout out Crystal Moore and that's at Watson's I love Watson's Watson's a beautiful place sip some some mimosas sip some mimosas and come have brunch at the Brunch of Laughs at Watson's I'll be there on the 16th and if you don't follow Crystal Moore check her out she's always putting on a variety of great shows all different hilarious stuff it's always a good time and then the next month after that down the road August you can uh, catch me every Monday shout out Blue City Comedy because I'll be hosting for the first time every week first time weekly hosting for Blue City Comedy at the Mad Swede on Cole Road across the street from Costco yep every Monday in August I'll be hosting that open mic if you've been wanting to try comedy come on down check it out if you uh, want to check out some local comedy support local comics I'll be hosting every Monday in August but why wait till then support Blue City Comedy support local comedy and start coming now it's every Monday yeah that's uh, Mad Swede Brewing Company on Cole Road across the street from Costco everyone knows where Costco's at got those delightful samples and then September may seem far away but like I said I got big plans for it yeah we're booking that show if you want to go all the way out to Mountain Home to see a badass music festival the Oasis music festival shout out Christopher Chavez uh, Greg Hart for putting that together and then big shout out to LaMarco for booking me on that event so that I can put together my own little show over on the the second stage it's going to be three days of uh, fuckery but you'll get to see two hours of uh, comedy so come check that out in September September 22nd at the Oasis Music Festival. Now, I promise you guys you get to know a little bit more about me. And then I just rambled on about comedy and why I want to do comedy and why I do podcasting. And I think I told you like about my siblings a little bit. Uh, I'm a dad. I don't know if I got to that. If you know me, you already know that. Because the most important thing to me in my life is my family. I got my beautiful wife, Lindsay. I got my three kids. My baby girl, Sue. Jacob Jackson. Little JJ. And Maximus. And, uh... Aside from being a dad, my day job, I do carpentry. I, uh, have framed houses, uh, mainly. I'm about to go back to doing that here a couple days. Full-time framing again. Nothing like framing in the summer. 
especially in the desert when you're a ginger. It's the best. Redheads in the sun, melanoma. But uh, what's cool is I catch a nice tan from it. But I've tried the indoor work too, done trim carpentry. That's uh, that's what my day job is, is the old woodsmithing. But I got lots of interests that will be explored, not just on the show, but uh, some of them have already made their way into it. Like, I'm an artist. I did the backdrop for the show. If you've ever seen any of the promotions, if you've ever checked out the YouTube channel, or when we start doing those lives and we start uh, putting video podcasts up on YouTube and on Anchor, we'll uh, be able to see more people to see uh, that artwork in the background. I did that, spray painted it, uh, the Fridge Friends logo, all the logos actually. I drew those. Uh, some of them I did some digital artwork on them, but I spray painted and uh, hand painted in between the backdrop of that s- the studio. If you've seen that graffiti art in there, I do graffiti art. I do uh, a lot of tattoo style artwork. Uh, for a while, I thought that was what my uh, ambition was to do full time was do tattooing because it was a way to monetize my artwork. I tattooed my whole legs all up with all types of goofy stuff. Uh, I met a bunch of cool guys in the tattoo community, and uh, I realized that's an avenue that's uh, always out there, the art stuff, but. Uh, I'm not so sure how well it mixes for me with uh, vocational, you know, artwork and and job responsibility. It's kind of starving artist is a a popular term for a reason. It's hard to sell artwork even if you're an amazing artist and you don't want to feel like you have to make artwork just for people to consume it or buy it. that's why I like doing this podcast and the comedy and stuff. It's because you get uh, feedback from people on what uh, direction they want to take it. And you don't really have the, the pressure on it that that's uh, that piece is made, it's made. You know, it's kind of a little different avenue of artwork. But I like doing it uh, still. I do pencil drawings, pen, painting, spray painting. Uh, I'm also a big fan of history. I like reading about world history, ancient civilizations, ancient history, uh, American history. Uh, it's fascinating to me the timeline of human history, especially. Uh, so I studied that a lot. Studied a lot of world religions. Uh, believe it or not, when. Uh, missionaries come knocking on my door I talk to them all man I talk to Jehovah's Witnesses Mormons Seventh-day Adventists whatever you got I'll text the Mormons I got some Mormons some uh, some elders on the on the text talk to back and forth because I read their books I I read books it's another passion and and love of mine 
And religious books to me are just like history books or uh, historical fiction, you know, might be more accurate or myth, legend, you know. But to me it's all fascinating and it's even more fascinating to me uh, to discuss with somebody who is so enthralled with the idea of that book that it runs their life. Uh, different aspects of that book that I see as uh, questionable. That's always fun to do. So I invite the missionaries over. That's one thing I always like to do. My wife, Lindsay, she's not always a big fan of that. First time I did it, she thought it was ridiculous. Uh, the missionaries, of course, thought I was going to uh, kick them off the porch because they generally just get kicked off the porch. I'm surprised they're still going to porches. It's like whoever knocks on your door anymore. Missionaries, delivery guys. The delivery guy, most of the time, it's just ding-dong ditching your ass. You know? You open the door, he's not even there. Like a ghost delivered the box, or the pizza, or the door dash. So this guy's trying to go. I did a little door dash. That shit's fun. It, uh, pays good if you're ever looking for a gig on the side the cool thing about it is that you can do it whenever you want so I could do it like around doing comedy and around shows because I don't get paid that much for the uh, the comedy yet like I said first year of comedy and uh, I'm only really doing one show a month is the goal I've exceeded it a few months and there's been a couple months where I'm like oh maybe I won't get it like I said, I just had that show canceled on me that I, I traveled out there all the way to the coast and uh, didn't work out. But I got another show booked here in, in Boise, so chin up. Shit's being beautiful. I look forward to uh, bringing some musicians on the show. I got a couple musicians that want to be on here. And then... Uh, Tattoo artists. Uh, I know some some badass tattoo artists that showed an interest in wanting to be on the podcast, and and that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you guys about some of my interests, is because that's what this show is gonna be. It's just the friends hanging out in the fridge. So I'm gonna have my comedian friends. I'm gonna have artist friends. I'm gonna have musician friends on here, and. Uh, future's bright if I could just keep this audio together if you guys hear anything on the show that you think I can improve upon shoot me a message or an email fridgefriendspodcastgmail.com come on show the love we'll be coming out with merch soon gotta get some merch going uh, at least some stickers and some uh, some more cards to hand out before that oasis. So that way, uh, when I meet all these people at the different shows, uh, they have a way to share the podcast and share the comedy with their friends. And thank you again for being a part of the Friends in the Fridge. Fridge Friends Podcast.